Hi, I'm Melissa and welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast where we can normalise the conversation of motherhood and delve into issues that are quite often swept under the rug. Join me every single Tuesday for a brand new episode with a brand new topic. This is a mummy's club you want to be a part of. Hi and welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. Today I'm joined by Tisha. Tisha is a mum, author and motivational speaker. Tisha was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease called Stiffman Syndrome, which affects one in a million people across the world. Tisha talks about her personal journey through this and how she used this to empower and inspire others. Tisha, welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast. Thanks for having me, Melissa. Thank you. So I want you to start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background and your story. My name is Tisha Foster. I'm a mom. I'm an author. I'm a bullhorn blower for SPS, Stiff Person Syndrome. I'm an ex-model, motivational speaker. I'm a Brooklyn-born native. I'm an only child. I'm God's child, which I should have said that first and foremost. I'm a child of God. Explain to our listeners, firstly, what stiff person syndrome is and your journey to being diagnosed with stiff stiff person syndrome. Stiff person syndrome, when I was diagnosed, it wasn't even called stiff person syndrome. It was called stiff man syndrome. That's how it was in 2009. So in 2009, it was stiff man syndrome. Um, it's a one in a million hidden neurological and autoimmune disorder. Okay. So explain a little bit about your journey of how you of being diagnosed and what you go through with having stiff person syndrome. Okay. I go through excruciating muscle spasms. In the winter time, um, I hibernate because the cold is a trigger. And there are some triggers that come with stiff person syndrome. One, for me, I'm gonna tell you about me. Everybody's body is different, I'm gonna tell you about me. One for me is the cold, Um, that's the major one. So in the winter time, I hibernate, but triggers are cold, down that that's another that was another one another one for me touch and Mm -hmm. being startled Mm -hmm. um it was one day this is you know I was like I said I was an ex-model one day I was um on a train and uh, a gentleman touched me to tell me that I I dropped my glove I'm in New York dead of winter Mm -hmm. um and he told me I dropped my glove. I went to go bend down, even though I felt some tension leading up to this particular day. I, did, I actually didn't know that I couldn't bend, um, but I did feel myself pulling up on the staircase to get up the steps. So I was thinking maybe, you know, it's the top of the, you know, top of 2009 and I didn't mm. party too hard. I wear heels all the time. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And um, yeah, so the, he tapped me on my shoulder and I couldn't bend over to get the glove. I'm like, wow, that was that was a lot. So yeah. I still made it to work. And then um, that day, like I kindly, I mean, slowly felt 
pain in my back. I'm like, wow, this is a, this is weird because I always wear heels. So it was something different for me. So I'm like, wow, this is weird. Um, that day went by, I went home, lay down and just kept thinking about like how my morning went and then my afternoon and, you know, me getting home and the next day was the same exact thing, but I was still pushing myself. And on top of that, I had a toddler who's four. And um, so dealing with a toddler and going through what I was going through, my body was transforming and it was becoming tough for me to deal with him and not knowing what was going on internally. Right. So um, eventually, maybe weeks later, I just said, you know, I can't do this. I, I, I left, quit the job to find out what was going on because I knew it was something more than just, you know, pain in my back. So they was like, oh, you pulled a muscle. That wasn't it. So they sent me to physical therapy. After six weeks of physical therapy, still nothing. It went from back pain to now stomach contractions. Like my stomach stayed contracted. It's the dead of winter. I'm sweating like it's 110 degrees outside because my stomach muscles are contracting. So my shirt is always wet underneath my coat. It was just too much. It was too much. Um, It was tough. It was tough on myself. It was tough on my family. However, um, you know, more so of my my toddler because all he wanted was mommy. So being that I couldn't do things, yeah, being that I couldn't do the things that he was so used to me doing, um, not understanding what was going on with my body, I'm like, gosh, man, this is ridiculous. I what I did was I started making everything a game. Mm-hmm. I was making everything a game. So it went it went from me being a model, wearing heels, never wearing a pair of tennis sneakers at all, mm-hmm. um, wearing heels every single day, no matter what it was I did. Yeah. Um, to me, now not even being able to walk on my own. I was using everybody as a human crutch. Wow. wow. Because walking on my own became too much. Painful. Yeah. And then um, with extensive blood work, it actually took them two years to diagnose me because they went from like late 2008, early 2009. And then I wasn't diagnosed until 2012. But that came with extensive blood work, multiple doctor's visits um, with a neurologist, um, and they could not find it. Intermittently going through pain throughout these two years, or was it just literally nearly every day of being in pain for two years? It was every day of being in pain. So they did give me, yeah, they did give me medication. Um, I was diagnosed with... uh, (laughs) <laughs> ms first yeah because it sounds similar the i've got they have some similarities have they have some similarities but i was being treated for ms for ms wow yeah. so of without obviously stating the obvious of being in pain all the time and taking two years to get your diagnosis which i could only but imagine what was going through your head like obviously being from completely afraid and then all of a sudden your your life and your body is changing or life as you knew it is changing 
what are the key things you would say have like how this has changed your life the key thing is putting and keeping god first that's the key thing because i'm able to tell you my story because because of god my faith right. in him i put it all in him i mean i was on a journey with him but however i put all my faith in him at some point i knew that this i was in a fight that i couldn't take on by myself right i knew that right. this was a fight that i could not win if i, I didn't know. have him in my life so it just brought you closer to your relationship closer with god obviously because in situations like these you can only but depend on you know obviously yes right. he's getting tests and going through it with doctors but they can't help you in the, the terms of like your emotions mentality how you're feeling the changes obviously you as a mother had to change how you've done things you know right compared right. to how things were before which just in general must have been hard to to transition through because I'm assuming like at six months going through this, you're like, this is changing my life now, like drastically changing my life now. Yes, drastic. And then the, the fact that, you know, like I said, I was dealing with a toddler. I'm an only child. My parents watching me, you know, go through something they can't even help me with. It was, it was tough on my whole family. It was tough on my whole family. Yeah. I can imagine. I really mm -hmm. can. And like, so just so to get a bit of an understanding, so obviously your your whole body is just it just aches and hurts. So are you able to move in this process? It was my back. Still? <laughs> it was my back. Well, listen. Okay. So what the doctors quoted, it was that was my life for a minute in time. So they what they said was I would no longer wear wear heels. I would be mobile in a wheelchair. And I would be bed bound. Wow. So that was my life for maybe three years. I, I began wow. crawling. There was no more walking. There were, there were, the hills were canceled. There was no more walking. I was crawling to move around. Um, and I tried to play the games with my kid, you know, with crawling all the time. You know, mm -hmm. he's, he's a kid, so he always wanted to be on the floor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to make those make games out of me being on the floor with him all the time. Him not understanding that this is where I, where I am for now. Yeah. Um, bed bound. I was bed bound. And being there is, is not a great place to be because when you're on your back and there's nothing else that you can do, you I fell into a deep depression. Like yeah. I, I, I was contemplating suicide when you think yeah. about where your life once was to where you are now that's a dangerous place to be it's mm -hmm. just lay laying on your back yeah dangerous yeah. place to be i could i could generally imagine as well just because gem when i've always said in one of my podcast episodes that the hardest thing in life i think one of the hardest thing in life is Usually when you're like going through something emotional, you can somewhat try to navigate it, maybe go out or something. When you're going through something physical that you actually, you have no power to change. There's nothing you can do to control it. Mentally, that is something that's so hard to, to go through, you know? Yeah, it really so, is. 
yeah I so I commend you for even like navigating a different way of being a mum and also building your relationship with God and getting closer to God because that's you know what you have to rely on you know absolutely he's first and foremost exactly him. <laughs> yeah and it gives you strength as well you know I want to ask as well, what have you learned about yourself now that you didn't know about yourself before you were diagnosed? I'm stronger than I thought I was. I didn't think that I could live with uh, stiff person syndrome. And now I say stiff person syndrome lives in me. I don't live with it. Right, right. I'm strong. I'm stronger than I, I thought I was. I was, I was broken and, 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 and weak. Yeah. And yeah. So and and that again, that's also a positive as well. So just to confirm and clarify for myself and listeners, this is something that you still you basically would have to live with for the rest of your life. It's not something that's just going to go away. It will when God gives me a completion of a healing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, He did grant me. Okay, He grant. uh, There were two things that I prayed for, and it's it's Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy. One of them I prayed for was heals. So He He granted me both, and and more. However, Mm -hmm. um, He He yeah He's gonna give me my completion. I was on like twenty different medications. I'm down to three. I'm back in hills. I'm uh I'm 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 being the best mom. I'm back traveling. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it, everything I have good days, I have bad days. No, I'm not perfect with it. I'm just in a place where I know that you know when it's my time, he's definitely definitely gonna give me my completion. Mm-hmm. And with that. I live in that. That's where I live. I live in that day to where he canceled the medication and the stomach contractions because I still have, you know, the, the you know, the, the stomach contractions. But, you know, eventually mm-hmm. they're not as bad as they once were to where I would go into these muscle spasms and they'll take me down to the ground. You know, I, I find, um, you know, I, I find light in speaking about it and and uh and because he has yeah. brought me this far you know I, I know that he is real I know he is who he says he is I know he can do what he say he can do I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm a living testimony yeah my faith is so strong and and I I know who he is today that's amazing and how amazing it is that that you go from taking 20 pills a day to now being able to reduce it down you got your pair of heels back so your identity who you were before this, right. and then not letting it basically dictate who you are as well right. you know right. so you've I grown didn't so let much it go. I, yeah. didn't let it. I did at one point because I was you know when something happens the first thing we do is be like why god why yeah i did that for a little while but stiff person syndrome isn't fatal i was Mm -hmm. ready i was the enemy was in my head because where was i going you know Mm -hmm. the enemy was in my head and that's why i was contemplating suicide but once he removed the enemy i was i was good like i'm like okay i'm i'm okay you know, we we're good to blame we we're, we're good to blame him first, but we it's don't true. never ever look at ourselves. 
Look at it's yourself. The it's the truth. We never look at ourselves. We quit to blame him though. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we learn lessons where you're like, no, actually it's not God. <laughs> right. This has some of it was a lesson, some of it was a blessing. Yeah, but this has humbled me in a way I, I couldn't I could even describe. I'm so grateful for his grace and his mercy. Mm -hmm. Amazing. What are the misconceptions that you think are out there about stiff person syndromes when you speak about it? Right. On your um, platform? I, I, again, I can only tell you mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So I have three. One is... Um, being misdiagnosed with MS. It's, 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 it's an easy misdiagnosed, but being mm -hmm. misdiagnosed with MS, um, if you're not careful, I'm gonna say that. It's easy if you're not careful. So um, being misdiagnosed with MS and then being treated for it, right. that's one. Another one is the fact that it's hidden and I get treated occasionally by people in the street so rudely because they don't see it right so um, i'm gonna give you uh yeah example. one day i was coming out of a, a supermarket holding on to a shopping cart because um i don't cross the street i haven't crossed the street in 10 years with the disease comes a lot of phobias um most of the time, my, where my trigger was, was sound. That was one of my triggers. It was the car sounds. So every mm -hmm. time I would have these really, really bad muscle spasms would be in the middle of the street. And um, so there, I was coming out of the, uh, the supermarket with a shopping cart. And I'm holding on to the shopping cart because that's my crutch. Because I don't cross the street by myself. Right, so I'm holding on right. to the, I don't have anybody with me. So I'm holding on to the, to the cart. And I park in handicapped parking. Mind you, you cannot go and purchase a handicapped parking. At least I don't think you can. <laughs> you have to get it um, signed by a doctor, notarized, and then, you know, taken to DMV. However, you know, you have to get it. You mm -hmm. can't purchase it. Mm -hmm. Evidently, I have the handicap plaque for a reason. This man cussed me out so bad. Wow. And I'm like, wow. And that was what I said. Wow, this is crazy. So what I said was, I'm not going to give him what he's given me. What I'm going to give him is a word. Right. And I said to him, I said, you can have this parking space as soon as I get out of it. But when you get home, can you do me a favor? Educate yourself on hidden disabilities. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. spot is yours once I pull out, but educate yourself. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one. Um, the muscle spasms, they say look like a seizure yeah. but i'm not foaming at the mouth right i'm grateful for the ones that have called ems if i needed ems i would be very much grateful however i would love it if someone would first ask are you okay 
as opposed to seeing somebody down and just automatically call EMS. Because right. as soon as my spasm is over, I can get up. Right. So now you've called EMS. And I mean, you can decline it, but if you would just ask me, are you okay? I can speak to you and tell you, no, I'm having a, a, a muscle spasm. Yeah. It may look like a seizure, but that's not what I'm having. So right. that's another misconception. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's great as well that you definitely are wanting to educate people because I'm not even going to lie myself. I probably would be one of those that would call <laughs> emergency only because like that's just how I am. But then like when we educate ourselves, when you know better, you do better. Right. And then another thing that you said that's definitely not just with stiff person syndrome but with other disabilities i find that society is very discriminatory against disabilities that are not seen they automatically assume that because you can't see it then you don't have it and i i don't like that myself either right. anyway um it's true yeah uh, what awareness do you want to bring about stiff person syndrome for your own personal from your own personal experience a person with a disability can still be productive can still be a productive citizen i should say mm -hmm. can still raise a child uh, can still inspire others mm. can still travel yeah. with special accommodations <laughs> <laughs> can still enjoy life did i yeah. say that? Yeah. No, you didn't, but that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, they can still enjoy life. I, I want people to stop assuming that a person that has a disability no longer have a life. Right. That, that's not the case. We can also be uh, a positive force for others. Yeah. And happy too. We yeah, we just do things a little different with minor um, accommodations. Yeah, I think I think that's a good one because definitely yeah. I think there can be some ignorancy where because you have a disability automatically you 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 hate life and you're depressed and and it's not the case. In fact, I was watching a documentary the other day. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically people with disabilities who have businesses, mm -hmm. and some of them I think there's like five people and some of them if not the majority had a disability you couldn't see. And the things that they were speaking about that they go through and they're making their own income, they're, they're their own boss. And number one, I was just like inspired because they have a disability and they're making their own income, but what they have to go through in society with just being sort of kind of written off, I would say, which, as I said, is quite educational to see that even though a majority of them didn't have a visible one, they were able to mm -hmm. basically live life, create an income for themselves and do a lot better than people that probably look down on them. So I thought it was quite um, a good little documentary. But lastly, I want you to tell our listeners where they can find you and any sort of information that you like share in your journey or anything like that. Um, just a little signpost to know them, to let them know where they can find you. Um, well, the book is called My Journey with God Through Stiff Person Syndrome. They can mm -hmm. find me on Instagram 
It's Tisha Foster with two R's. Um, you can purchase the book on the website, God's Angel in Stilettos.org. And if you purchase the book on the website, you would actually get an autographed copy. Or you can purchase the book on Amazon. Amazing. And all of that will be linked in the show notes as well. So mm-hmm. Tisha, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been amazing speaking to you and so inspired to hear your story. And it was great having a little sit down talk with you. Thank you for having thank me. You. Thank you for listening in to this week's episode. Feel free to leave a comment, like, and share this episode. If you want a chance to be a guest on the show, all you have to do is send me a DM on my Instagram, which is at the Mummy Warriors. See you next week.